we get too crazy. I want to give a shout out to all my watch party people out there. So uh, let's give it up for everybody that's in watch parties. It's good to see you guys. We're so excited to be with you. And uh, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't go another second without giving it up for everybody that's here in the room right now. Let's give it up for yourselves and everybody around you. Turn around to the person next to you, give them a high five and say, it's good to see you today. Say, you look like you lost a few pounds. Come on, look at that. That's the biggest smile you've seen in a while right there. So listen, we're, we're super pumped and we're jumping straight into to Facts or Feelings Part 3. How many guys have been enjoying the series so far? Is it, how many guys have been hitting home for you? And, and so, uh, man, we want you to know that uh, we're going to kick off today and I pray this is going to be a powerful word for you. So my buddy, uh, we went on a missions trip together and uh, he bought a Rolex overseas. Now, I know you're already in your mind like, ooh, don't know if I would have done that. Like, y'all know the people uh, that are in the mall, like selling jewelry, like in the middle of the mall? Have you ever, think of the sketchiest one of those you've ever seen in your life. All right, it was 10 times worse than that, okay? So he walks up to me, he's like, bro, I just got this Rolex. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, Uh, we are in the heart of Mexico, but I'm sure that you got a real one, so show it to me. And he showed it to me, he's like, yo, I only paid, only paid 25 bucks for it. I'm like, perfect. All right, very good. How many of y'all know about a week later, like the second hand just kind of hung at the bottom? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like it wasn't even, there wasn't no rolling at all unless he shook his wrist. Like it was, there was nothing. Uh, you know, two weeks later, like the springs then popped out. Like it, it was not working. All right. And so the thing is, it wasn't worth anything, but it didn't matter that it wasn't worth anything because it didn't cost anything. And today I want to talk to you about a sermon today called What's Your Worth? And so we're going to go straight into Matthew chapter 4 today. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and break those open. Matthew chapter 4 is where we're going to be. And, and so Matt, starting off with verse 1, we're jumping straight in, all right? So read along with us if you got your Bible. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now I'm going to pause right there for a second. And I want you to recognize What brought him to the wilderness? You see, sometimes we as believers, we give way too much credit to the enemy about things he has no control over and it's not even him accomplishing in our lives. So many times we try to go to war against the enemy over the wilderness that we're in, not realizing that sometimes God brings us to dry places so that we'll thirst for him. And sometimes in the middle of the wilderness, we'll find ourselves fighting an enemy that had nothing to do with us being there, but not longing and thirsting for the one that did bring us there. We're frustrated about the heat, but we're not looking for the solution. And so in our lives, we have to realize that sometimes we find ourselves in wilderness journeys and it's by the spirit that we're there. And then after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. How many of y'all know if I fast 40 hours, I'm hungry? Like I'm ready for like I'm ready for some chicken, some pizza, some sushi, like a cheeseburger. Come on, I hear y'all. I hear y'all out there. Where y'all like right like he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now I want you, if you got a pen, if you got a highlighter, I want you to highlight, I want you to underline, I want you to circle the words, if you are. 
I want you just to do that, and, and, and we're going to come back to that in a few minutes. But here's what I want you to understand. We're going to give you a few things to pay attention to as we navigate our worth. You see, the first thing is you got to understand that doubting how God sees you is the first step in doubting how you see you. Doubting how God sees you, doubting your worth, not being confident in your value, doubting how God sees you is the first step in doubting how you see you. You want to know how to change the worth of the person you see in the mirror? Start recognizing who built the one that you're seeing in the mirror. Start declaring the truth of who God is in your life. Doubting who God says you are makes you doubt anything you could believe about yourself. You see, when we blur the lines of our identity, how many guys like, have locked into that, that uh, sermon from last week? We talked about identity. We talked about the mirror. We talked about what we see. And when we blur the lines of our identity, we lose the confidence in our worth. When we don't know who we are, we can't possibly understand the value of what God has given our lives. If you really were a child of God, he wouldn't have let you go through whatever. And this is where so many of us find ourselves. If you really were this, if you really were a child of God, you wouldn't have gone through that divorce. You wouldn't have gone through that breakup. You wouldn't have gone through that job loss. You wouldn't have gone through that sickness. If God really loved you, he wouldn't have let you have, a, have that loved one that you were so in love with die. He wouldn't have let you lose this person. If God really loved you, he wouldn't have let you go through that pregnancy. You wouldn't have had that miscarriage. If God really loved you, he wouldn't have let you lose that scholarship. If God really loved you, he wouldn't have let you get injured in college and ruin your plans. If God really loved you, and what we do is we establish our worth on what we get from him, not him himself. And I'm here to tell you today that your worth is so much bigger I want you to write this down. It's not in your notes, but I want you to write this down. Suffering isn't a sign of God's absence. God's mercy is the sign of your survival. Suffering is not the sign of God's absence. Just because you went through it doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean he wasn't there for you. It doesn't mean that he's not for you. It doesn't mean that he's against you. The mere fact that you are still standing on the other side of it means God's mercy sustained you. So don't confuse the wilderness for God's absence. He's still with you, even in the wilderness. So we go back to Matthew 4. So the enemy, the tempter, Satan says, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You're hungry. Jesus answered, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You got your pen? You got your highlighter? I want you to highlight. I want you to circle or underline the words, it is written. We're going to revisit that in just a second. You see, what the enemy is trying to do to Jesus right out of the gate, if you are the son of God, and what the enemy would do to our minds when we're going through struggles, when we're starting to live in our feelings, as the enemy would come in and say, if, you re- if God really loved you, you wouldn't have went through that. If God really cared about you, you wouldn't have struggled with that. If God really was for you and not against you, you wouldn't have suffered that loss. And I'm here to tell you today that God's mercy in sustaining you and keeping you standing on solid ground is the evidence that his presence carried you the entire way. So we come to the Lord And he says, Jesus answers, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So then we keep going. We jump down to verses five and six. So then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. 
He said, if you are the son of God, there it is again. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And what, what the enemy is actually doing is that he's actually setting the stage for the very thing that would be declared at Jesus on the cross. If you remember back in Matthew 28, what happens when he's on the cross? What do the people say? If you are the son of God, tell the angels to come get you down from here. You see, what the enemy has set in motion before anything else happened is he starts trying to get you to doubt who God says you are. He starts to get you to doubt if you're really worth what God says you're worth. Come on, y'all with me today? How many of you know that when the enemy comes in, his, pri- his primary goal, his plan is to get you to doubt the worth that God has already established for your life. And so what happens is as he gets you to doubt that worth, as he gets you to doubt those plans, as he gets you to doubt who you are, he even comes at Jesus and tries to get him to doubt who he is. And so he comes in and I want you to understand the second thing about doubting when it comes to your worth. Doubting God's words to you is the first step in believing the enemy's words to you. How many of you have ever bought into the lie? How many have ever bought into the lie? You say, what's the lie? The lie is whatever the enemy is trying to convince you that is true, that God has declared is not true. Or whatever the enemy is trying to convince you is not true, that God has declared is true. How many of you have ever started to lean into, I don't know if God cares about me. If God really loved me, he wouldn't. And I'm here to tell you today that doubting God's words is the first step in believing the enemy's words to you. Matthew 4, 7, Jesus answered him and said, it is also written. Don't you love how the enemy tried to use God's word against Jesus? The enemy says, well, it is written that if this happens, he's, <laughs> Jesus says, yeah, it's also written. Do not put the Lord God to the test. You see, Jesus comes back at him again, Matthew 4, 8 and 9. And so again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this I will give you, he said, all this I will give you if you'll bow down and worship me. Now notice the enemy skipped out on the identity part this time. He didn't even try to challenge him with the, if you are the son of God. He just said, all right, fine. You have a, you are, and you know who you are. So I'll tell you what, if you'll just worship me, you can have all of this. And Jesus is looking at him like, bro, you don't even understand. All this is already mine. You see, the enemy will try to get you to buy into the lie when God has already spoken absolute truth. You see, it's about changing who gets worship. It's about diminishing Jesus. You see, doubting your worth, and I want you to grab a hold of this, Doubting your worth isn't about your value. It's about Christ's sufficiency. Doubting your worth isn't about your value at all. It's about Christ's sufficiency. You see, if the enemy can convince you that you're not worth what God says you're worth, it diminishes Jesus' payment for your worth. You see, if the enemy can come on the scene and cause you to believe that you're worth less 
if you're not worthy, if he can cause you to come on the scene and say that Jesus' payment wasn't enough, you, you're not who Jesus paid for you. In other words, if he can diminish your value, he can diminish what Jesus accomplished on the cross. But I'm here to tell you, there is not a demon in hell. There's not a plot Satan can transform. There's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can elevate. There's not a plan he can set in motion that will diminish the price that Jesus paid for you at Calvary. I'm here to tell you today that the Bible says who the son sets free is free indeed. He says, if you belong to Jesus, you are now an heir and a joint heir in the kingdom of heaven. I'm here to tell you today that your worth is already established at the cross. And there's nothing the enemy can do to change that. But when you lose the value that God declares your worth, it by default causes us to devalue the price of Jesus' life. Hear me today. God is invested in your worth because he's already paid your price. So we need to start living like we're worth it. We need to start believing we're worth it. We need to start declaring we're worth it. Come on, somebody. I said we need to start buying into the fact that we're worth it. We need to start proclaiming. We need to start stepping into. We need to start establishing the identity that declares we are heirs and joint heirs in the kingdom of heaven. And so it's about our worth. Say my worth. So me and Ashley went to, uh, we were in New York. We went to this museum. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. It's the big one in New York. I'm not an art person, and I don't care much for history, unless it's The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. I'll watch that 10 times. But anyway, that's not the point. So we're there, and we come across this piece of art, and the, the, one of the people was talking about how much it was worth. And I was looking at, like, this is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, 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 Adam and Anna, got, they, they got a one-year-old, and... Well, almost, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, it looked like she was like, let me put my hand in this paint and just smear around on this canvas. And they were talking about like hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars. And I was like, fam, I could recreate this for you in a snap. Like, <laughs> but here's the thing. It didn't matter how ugly it was. What mattered was what someone was willing to pay for it. You want to know what else didn't matter? My opinion. They weren't looking for Brad Livingston to walk in and be like, you know, I don't think I'd pay $10 for this. <laughs> this isn't in your notes, but I want you to write this down. Just because everybody else around you doesn't understand your worth doesn't mean you're not worth it. See, some of you need to lean into this for a second because you've started to establish your value based on what other people say about you. You started to establish your value based on what other people believe about you. You started establishing your value based on whether or not your family gives you permission to think that way. You started establishing your value based on Instagram likes and followers. You started establishing your value based on what you can do. You started establishing your value based around some identity that isn't even who you really are. You started establishing your value around something else. And I'm here to tell you that there's nothing you can add to the ultimate value that God has already placed on your life. And just like that piece of art that I wouldn't pay 10 cents for, you know what? If someone looks at you and says, I wouldn't give a dollar for that person, it doesn't change what Jesus already paid for you. Because your value 
is already set. Turn to the person next to you and say, my value is already set. See, look at watch parties. Go ahead and look at the one at the watch party. Say, my value is already set. I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. How many of you guys have ever been there before? I'm not worth it. Believe that you're not worth it. Here, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you today, then Jesus' life wasn't valuable. Look at me. If you weren't worth it, then the payment on the cross wasn't worth it. If you're not worth it, then Calvary wasn't worth it. If you're not worth it, then Jesus wasted his time. And I'm here to tell you that the God of the universe doesn't waste his time. That means he sees something in you even if you don't see something in you. The beauty behind our identity. When we don't know what, we're, when we don't know what our worth is, then we'll sell out for a fraction of it. When we don't know what our worth is, we'll sell out for a fraction of it. You see, the, Satan said, all this I'll give to you if you'll just bow down. You go back to Matthew 4. All this can be yours if you'll just bow down. And Jesus is saying, it's already mine. Why do I need to sell myself short to accomplish something that Jesus is already accomplishing in me? Hear me. Why do you need to sell out for something that Jesus has already established for you? You don't need to sell out for your identity. You don't need to sell out for your value or your worth. You don't need to sell out so that other people will think differently of you. What you need to do is lock into who God says that you are. What you need to do is get plugged into the price, the value, the worth that he has declared over your life. And it doesn't matter if sometimes you don't feel like it. You need to declare the fact that I am the head and not the tail. You need to declare the fact that we are heirs and joiners. You need to declare the fact that he paid an ultimate price for me. You need to declare, even when you don't feel like it, even when the circumstances make you feel like it's a lie, the truth is, the fact is that God has already established the value for your life and he's already paid for it. See the Matthew 4, 10 through 11, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. I'm putting that on a t-shirt. For it is written, there it is again, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. You see, the greatest way you overcome the lies of the enemy isn't through your lofty ideas. It isn't through the self-help books that you can read. You see, the way that we combat the lies of the enemy isn't listening to more podcasts where people tell you that you're awesome. The way that we combat the lies of the enemy that tells you that no one wants you around. The way we combat those lies that tells you that you're not worth it. The way we combat those lies that tell you that you're not a child of God. The way we combat the lies that tells you that he doesn't love you is we start declaring the truth of what God has already established before the foundation of the world. And that is his word. Hear me today. And I want you to lean into this for a second. Some of you need to start putting and posting and pasting and everything you can possibly do. The word of God that says who you are to combat the lies in your mind that's constantly telling you who you're not. You need to put it on your mirror. 
You need to put it above your bed. So when you lay down at night, the last thing you read is I'm a child of the most high. Some of you need to put it on your kid's forehead. All right. Every time they come up to you to ask you for something, you can be like, you know what? I'm a child of the most high. And no, you can't have that chocolate milk. Okay. Like you, some of y'all need to do whatever you need to do. You need to put it. Some of you need to put it next to your speedometer when you're dr- actually don't. Cause some of y'all don't even look at that thing. You just ignore it. Like this feels like a good speed. I'm not even tripping right now. Officer pulls you over. You know how fast you were going? Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. I don't have any idea how fast I was going. (laughs) Faster than everyone else. That's how fast I was going, okay? Listen, some of us need to start, listen, in all honesty, some of us need to start putting something that will combat the lie. You see, the lies never stop, do they? There's always something ready to reel in your mind to tell you who you're not. How about we become proactive about declaring who we are? How about we become proactive about making sure that at least one scripture a day crosses our path that declares who God is in us and who we are in Jesus. Let's combat the lies. You see, every time Jesus responded to the enemy, he did it with the word that was already written. And for some of us, we're trying to go to war with the enemy, but we're not using the word that was already written. Even Jesus Even God in the flesh didn't just speak against what the enemy was saying. Even he used the word that was already written. So we need to become confident in the word that God has given us. That's why we need relationships. That's why we need people to encourage us. That's why we need small groups. I know Justin and Ryan were already talking about small groups, the service hosts, but listen, we need to get plugged in to small groups. We need to get plugged in a relationship. Why? Because even on the day we don't believe it, somebody else can help believe it for us. How many of you guys ever walked into a small group, walked into a church service, walked into somewhere, and you did not believe that day? That was not the day for you. Everything was going downhill. Everything was bad. You weren't believing nothing. But what happens when you show up there? What happens when you walk in the door? Man, you become confident because other people are going, you are this. Other people get to declare the truth. Other people get to step in and say, listen, I know you don't feel like this right now, but this is who God says you are. And so we come back and we get plugged in. I want you guys to do that. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that you were bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 7 says that you were bought with a price. Matthew 20, 28 says that just as the son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That means he already paid your price. Turn to your neighbor and say, he paid my price. Listen, I know something weird is going on with the lights right now. I want y'all to stay with me. Don't worry about everything that's going on up in here. Okay. There's still renovations happening. So somebody probably tripped a breaker. Anyway, so I want you, listen, look at me right here, right? Listen, we barely had AC today, so I ain't even mad at these lights. Okay. So. What I'm saying is this, Jesus said, I've already declared I'm the ransom for your life. You can put your faith in who I've said that you are. So we need to start declaring that. And so my buddy Ben, talking about his Rolex, right, as we were talking about, and and it, it broke and it fell apart. And, you know, the one thing that is a reality for that watch is he wasn't mad that it fell apart because it didn't cost him anything. But I believe God in heaven is looking at us heartbroken because we're living like it didn't cost him anything. But we should have different confidence. Hear me. I want you to write this down. I got a lot of stuff that wasn't even in your notes today, but I'm giving it to you. Look at me. Your life costs Jesus everything. That means that your worth 
everything. Look at me. Your life costs Jesus everything. That means that you're worth everything. Your value is already determined. Romans 5.8. We're going to roll with one camera, guys, so don't worry about it. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, while we were still jacking everything up, Christ died for us. How many of y'all don't have to look very far to remember the pit that you fell into or voluntarily climbed into, didn't even trip into? Some of y'all dove head first into. Y'all with me today? Okay, right, we're all in the same church. Okay, good. How many of y'all, you don't have to go very far. Listen to me, lean in for a second. When Christ died for you, he didn't look at you on your best day. He looked at you on your worst. He looked at me on my worst and said, that's the one I want. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, I want you to understand this. Your worth wasn't just costly. It was calculated. Your worth wasn't just costly. It was calculated. When Jesus set out on a mission to level the sin-filled life that we had lived, he measured the cost. Hear me today. He knew the price. Look at me. He was aware of the sacrifice. When Jesus set all things right in our life, he knew what it was going to cost us and signed up to pay the price. Your life wasn't just costly. It was calculated. He knew what he was doing for you. And some of you need to grab a hold of this truth today because you've been living life like you're worth nothing. You've been living life like a beggar. You've been living life like you don't have any value. And I'm here to tell you today, he calculated the cost for your life and it was his own. He paid for you with his own life. We should start acting like we're worth more. We should start acting like God's got more for us. So I got a, I got a hundred dollar bill here. It's fresh. It's crisp, crisp hundo. Who wants a hundred dollar bill? Who, 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 who wants it? Who, like who, who, who wants it? Anybody? Only, some of y'all ain't even raising your hands. Are y'all that good? We need to hang out more. Okay, Adam, come here, man. Come here. You, you got my attention first. Don't trip. Please don't trip. All right. So. Listen, you want this hundred dollars? Yes. You can take it out. It's just me and you right now. Okay. You can take it out. Okay. I got kids to feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the <laughs> kids to feed. I've been at home a lot. You want this hundo? Like this is you right here. Yes. All right. Everyone's paying attention. But why do you want this? To spend it. To spend it. All right. What if I crumbled it up though? Still want it. Why? But it's crumbled up. That's okay. Why do you? Why do you still want it? I can uncrumble. You can uncrumble, but but like but I mean it's it's cr- I mean it's it's nasty. It still has it's still, it's still worth something. But what if I, all right, so what if I, what if I tore the edges just a little bit? What if I ripped it up some? What's it worth? Okay, but what if I, what if I just drop, what if we just kind of grind it into the dirt a little bit? <laughs> but it's been stepped on. You can spit on it. Why do you still want it? It still has value. Still worth a hundred bucks. You see, Adam still wants this hundred bucks because 
it's still worth 100 bucks. And for some of us, we're walking around and somewhere along the way we got crushed. Somewhere along the way we got stepped on. We got ran into the dirt. Somewhere along the way, someone jacked us all up. Somewhere along the way, we became damaged. But I'm here to tell you today that the wrinkles of your life and the tears around the edges and the fact that you've been stepped on and the fact that you've been crushed and the fact that you've been hurt and the fact that you've been damaged and gotten dirty doesn't change the value that God's put on your life. That he has declared who you are. And some of us are living like nickels and pennies when God said, I'm called you to live like kings in the kingdom. And some of us, some of y'all think you're dime pieces, but you're not. <laughs> so, sorry. But, but some of us, I know that, I knew, I knew that was going to get some of y'all. Here, you can go sit down with this. I may or may not take it back later. You may. All right, thank you. Dinner's off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, bet. <laughs> Hear me today. Some of us are living like nickels and pennies. And God says, I made you to live that way. Like $100 bill. I, mean, I already established your value. But here's another thing I want to do. Adam, matter of fact, come here. I want to ask you another question while you're here. Since you, got, since you got the hundo on you, right? I, wanna, I, got, I, got a, I got another question for you. Now that, now, that, now that you got it, how about this? I'll trade you this cup of change for it. <laughs> You're going to have a hard pass. Hard pass, huh? But, like, it's, but it's, there's more to it, though. Like, there's more in here. There's more here. Like, this weighs more. Like, look at this. We got all kinds of just, we got change. We got hard pass. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> but you wouldn't rather have this? Like, doesn't, here, I want you to hold it. Just hold it, though. Doesn't that feel like more? Doesn't it feel like it feels like more? Like, it, it's, it weighs more. You see, here's what some of us are doing, because some of us can't understand our worth. Some of us, because we can't figure out that we're worth more, we try to just weigh more. Now, I don't mean like eat more chicken wings way more, okay? Like, so I'm not talking about like load up on calories way more. This is what I'm talking about. Because we don't know our worth, this is what we do. Because I can't increase my worth, I'm gonna increase my weight. And so every time I get a, every time I get a compliment, I get to put a little more in the cup. You see, every time someone likes something on Instagram or Facebook, I get to put a little more in the cup. Every time I achieve something that I've set out to, I get to put a little more in the cup. And every time somebody gives me a, a, a hand clap of praise at my job, I get to put a little more in the cup. And every time I accomplish something in my life, I get to put a little more in the cup. And then every time uh, things go my way, I get to put a little more in the cup. And you see, what we're doing is we're adding weight, but we're not adding worth. We think we're increasing our value, but we're just increasing our weight. We're just increasing. Listen, I'm here to tell you, you can put all you want to in the cup. But at the end of the day, and I'll even tell you this. Let me get that for a second. If you fill this up with all the coins you could find, you're still not going to add up to what God already said you are. And for some of us, we're 
killing ourselves trying to add weight, not realizing that God's already gave us worth. And as we wrap up today, here's what I want you to understand. The fact is this, because in my feelings, I need my life to be more valuable. Now you can go sit down. Appreciate you. In my feelings, I feel like I need my life to be more valuable. But the fact is, it's never been about weight. It's always been about worth. And that's only determined, hear me, by your value. And God has already set your value. When Jesus went to the cross, he already paid for your value. What Jesus is accomplishing in you, he's already paid. He's already established. Your price is set. Your value is established. Your worth is given. And Jesus has already declared who you are. You don't have to keep looking. You don't have to keep searching. You don't have to keep buying into something. What I'm trying to tell you today is that your worth is already here. And God says, it was the highest price. Jesus said, it was my life. God said, it was my son. And I'm here to tell you today that you can stop searching and stop looking and stop striving and stop trying to put more things in the cup. Stop looking for people to give you enough compliments to make you feel like you're worth more. Stop looking for people to like and send you enough DMs to make you feel like you're worth more. Stop trying to listen to enough podcasts so that you'll feel like you're worth more. Stop reading the books that tell you who you're not when God's already declared who you are because you think you're worth more. I'm here to tell you today God has already established your worth. He paid the highest price and different than Ben's Rolex that fell apart in two weeks you can trust the buyer on this one. Just like that piece of art when I didn't understand its value It looked ugly to me. I'm here to tell you that people may not understand your value. You may look ugly to them, but I'm here to tell you today that God has already said you're an heir and a joint heir to the kingdom of heaven. And you can trust that and you can take it to the bank. Your worth and your value is set. Let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have already established and set our value. So God, where we have searched through our career, through our education, through people, through compliments, through social media to obtain more. God, I pray that you would establish in our hearts that you are all we need. And that in doing that, Father, we would see that you have established our value. We were worth it to you. God, let us be worth it, worth it to ourselves. In Jesus' name, we're going to wrap up here in a second, but one of the things I feel like God has just put on my heart right now is declare that for someone, at least one, maybe for more of you watching right now, you've sought out relationships to give you value that God has already established in your heart. And there is a rubbing against the road. There is a friction in your heart and in your spirit because what God has already established, you're trying to unestablish so you can establish it your way. And God is saying, you'll never get more from someone else than I'm already giving you. We go to Romans in verse five, I mean, in chapter five, verse eight. But God showed his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He paid your price. 
And for some of you, you're watching this right now and you say, I, I've, I don't know my price. I don't know my value. I don't know the cost, but I'm, I'm here today saying, God, I want you, I want to know you. I want to be worth it. I, I, I want a life that declares my value. And if you're here today and that's you, if you're watching us and that's you, God is ready to meet you where you're at and to forgive you of your sins, just like he did for all of us. And he continues to do for all of us. Why? Because he is sufficient. He is more than enough for your life. And today, if you want God, today, if you want your sins to be wiped away today, if you want a fresh start, and you're ready to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says that when we give our lives to him, we repent of our sins, we turn away, never to go back. We choose a different direction with our life. But then in addition to that, the thing that really matters the most is that we put our faith in Jesus, that it's not about how hard we work. It's about what Jesus already accomplished for us. And today, if you wanna put your faith in him today, if you wanna follow him today, if you want a fresh start, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Make me new. Make me whole. I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. So give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen.